0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our Old Testament text uh, from this last Sunday and for our main text for today carries forth this very important theme that was begun on, on Sunday of blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it we see that Jeremiah, the prophet, does a very difficult task. He speaks the fullness of God's word and doesn't hold back so that he might be popular and so that he would cease or not be oppressed. We see that in this day and age, what is needed the most is God's word in its fullness. There are so many attacks from Satan, from this world, on God's word, in all forms that we have to be very diligent. And sometimes that can be very daunting. If you think about all the battles that need to be fought or all the problems that need to be addressed, well, by the time you get to breakfast, you might just be exhausted. There's a lot of stuff out there going wrong. We were talking this morning uh, about free will in Concord class and uh, the thing that was just driven home the most was that our will in and by itself is not only useless when it comes to spiritual things, but it is actively hostile towards God. That when it comes to the things of God, Our sinful flesh can't help but kick against what God wants. It can't stand to hear about how it needs help. It will do all that it can to make the person who tells it what to do be quiet. And that doesn't just go for our flesh, but that goes for the flesh of all people. That when you speak God's word in this day and age, you will be shouted at, or you will be dealt with, in the least sense, passive-aggressively, right? Well, that's just your truth. I know my truth, right? You think that Jesus died for you. That's fine. You go to church on Sunday and you do that. I'm going to go do my thing, right? And yet, it's very scary to preach God's word. As a pastor... I uh, have the privilege and the duty to stand up here and look y'all square in the face and say, you're a sinner (laughs) and Jesus died for you, right? You have sinned and you have fallen short. You are not the person you think you are. You are a person that is not worthy of salvation. And yet God decided even so out of his own love to send his only son to die for you. The world hates this message. The sinful flesh hates this message. It hates the God who created it. It hates the God who died for it. It hates the God who wishes to sanctify it. All in all, our sinful flesh hates God. So it's no surprise when we see with Jeremiah, when he goes to the people who are actually supposed to be God's people, keep in mind. And he says, if you will not listen to me, thus, well, first of all, he says, thus says the Lord, right? If you will not listen to me to walk in my law that I have set before you and to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh and I will make, this city, a curse for all the nations of the earth. Now, if y'all don't know Old Testament history, Shiloh was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the tabernacle was, where, where the high priest was before Jerusalem had the temple. And in Shiloh, that is where God dwelt, in his tent, right? In the Holy of Holies. And because the people of Israel use the Ark of the Covenant as a good luck charm. God took the tabernacle from them in that place and set it somewhere else. And so this is a threat from God by the prophet, through the prophet, to the people that says, if you're not careful to listen when God speaks, to know what he says about sin and salvation. If you're not careful, his glory will depart from you. That is a grave and dire warning. It is grave, because if God and his glory has departed from you, well, then what's left? In this world, who do you have left to turn to? So it's no wonder that the priests and the prophets and the people seize Jeremiah and they say, you shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord saying this house shall be like Shiloh and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant? And they gather around and they want to take his life. They want to kill him. And the day is coming where that will be a regular reality for Christians. Mark it. Know it. Accept it. Because the sooner you accept that The stronger you'll be when the day comes when someone shouts at you that that you're a bigot, that you're a homophobe, that you're a sexist, when you're just speaking the truth of God's word. Don't be surprised when this world hates you. In fact, I think we're getting to a point in time where if the world doesn't hate you, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? not that we should seek to be at odds with people, not that we should be the enemies of people, but when we are speaking God's word, and this world is so bad that if you're not speaking God's word, well, it turns out maybe that's just the safe bet, feels like, right? Just be quiet, let it go, let it slide. You got that person in your family that's not quite living the way that they should be, doing the things they should be doing, And you just say, well, for the sake of peace, I'm not going to say anything because, you know, (laughs) that's just the way it goes. And I get this a lot. People will say, you know, Pastor, you just don't understand. I understand, folks. I have a family. I have friends who are not Christians. I have people that I pray for. I have people in my life that I grieve because they don't know Christ. I share your pain. And it's hard for me to bring these things up to people. But by the grace of God, we must speak. Because Jesus says, I did not come to bring, to bring peace, but a sword. Not that he seeks to harm people, but when people are obstinate and not repentant of their sin, God will deal with them in his way. And it's better for us to warn them now, than for God to deal with them at the last day in judgment. And they'll look to you and say, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you warn me? If I would have known that it was going to be this bad, who knows, maybe I would have repented. And yet, sometimes there's only so much we can do. We can pray and pray and ask that God would change a person's heart. And yet, if they continue to reject God's grace, if they continue to say, I do not need Jesus, then sadly that's on them and we don't stop praying because who knows what God can do before death or the final day. All this is to say that we live in a godless age. We live in a godless generation. And people can't handle the full counsel of God. Yet it's exactly what God wants them to hear. It's exactly what they need to hear. They need to hear how they have sinned. They need to hear about how they worship false gods, even if that false god is themself. They need to hear this. So that they can be rightfully broken and torn down from the heights that they think that they live in. Torn down, though, for the sake of being exalted by the blood of Christ. We do not leave people in their sin. We do not cast them down and stomp on them and then leave them for dead. No, we give them the word of life. We give them the very bread of life, which is Christ Himself. We speak to them, but we do it in the right way. And sometimes, again, that's daunting. But our nation, our people, are starving for God's word, and they don't even know it. They're living on a diet of spirituality that is just leading them straight to hell. And whether or not they believe that it is spirituality doesn't matter. We human beings need... Something to gather around, to rally around, to have fellowship with, to commune with. And if it is not the one true God, then it is a false God. Our people are starving. And we should feed them. We should feed them God's word. And sometimes when we think about giving them that meal, we think, well, I'm not a I'm not a master chef, you know, I'm not even a sous-chef, right, John? Sorry, not to point you out, but the thing is, like, I don't know the first thing about feeding people the God, God's word. That's okay. What, we, what did we just go through tonight? What did we just say all together? We said a psalm. We heard God's word. Everything that we have spoken tonight is from God's word. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We didn't say that tonight, but. Um, or did we? I forget. Did we? See I said? I don't know. I was too busy thinking about my sermon. Um, I was too busy thinking about how it would feed y'all this word. But that's the thing, though, is that we say God's word, or at least we should be in the habit of saying it every single day. If you're not at least saying the Lord's Prayer every day, if you're not at least saying the Apostles' Creed, which is not necessarily not strictly from God's Word, but it speaks the truth that is from God's Word. It synthesizes it very well. We said together the Ten Commandments. That's where we really should start. Where do we need to have the Ten Commandments for our lives? And how can we share with other people the Ten Commandments, God's good and perfect will for them, so that, again, they would know how they've fallen and, therefore, how they can do better by God's grace shown in the Son of God. It's really not that hard. We can be bold in simplicity, the simplicity of God's Word. You're a sinner. Jesus died for you. Amen, right? It's that simple. And if they don't believe that they're a sinner... Well, then maybe you just need to unpack the Ten Commandments a little bit more. Don't be ashamed if when you're feeding God's word to people that they spit it back in your face. Don't be ashamed. You're doing good and godly work. You're helping people that desperately need it even though they don't realize it. You're telling people that the Lord has sent me to you in this time and in this place because you're the person right in front of me, right? You're my neighbor. You're the person that God has put right in front of me right now to say, mend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord will relent of the disaster that that he has pronounced against you of damnation. He will save you, he will because he has promised to do so by his word. That by his grace, you will know God and the truth shall set you free. What I'm asking you to do is not easy. What I'm asking you to do is very hard because in this world, the ideal time to speak God's word in its fullness and its clarity was really probably like 40 or 50 years ago, when it started to slip, right? When things started to go downhill. But the second best time to do it is right now, today. And if you haven't had the opportunity today, pray that God would give you someone to speak to tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. Ideally, I would pray that it would be the same person every single day, or at least the same people every single day so that the word of God would dwell within you to be shared with them on a, continual, on a continual basis so that they would hear and turn from their sin and trust that God has saved them through the blood of Christ. Be bold and don't be ashamed. God's word does not come back void it will accomplish that for which he promises and sets out for it to do. Trust in him and speak his truth. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.